Hello, and welcome back to the Past and Present Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Groves. I sincerely hope you enjoyed our devotional this week on service as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Today I'm continuing on a theme of service by talking about the importance of both Corinth and Ephesus to Paul. Once Paul was converted to the gospel on the road to Damascus, he was filled with the Holy Ghost and went on several missionary trips to establish churches and preach the word. Today's bit of biblical archaeology comes from the December 1988 issue of Bible Review. The article is entitled Corinth and Ephesus and is written by the late Dan Cole, who passed away in 2017. The article can be found online at www.baslibrary.org. From the impressions that we get from Acts, chapters 1 through 21, we see that Paul, also known as Saul, went three times from Antioch, located in Syria. The first journey saw him establish churches in Cyprus and in Anatolia, which is modern-day Turkey, his second in Macedonia and southern Greece, and his third in Ephesus. This has been a standard take on Paul's journeys for many years, but Dr. Cole gives us a new take based on a closer reading of those critical chapters from Acts. First, we will take a look at Corinth, where upon arriving there on his second journey, Paul decides to stay for about 18 months. This is stated clearly in Acts chapter 18, verse 11. This marks a dramatic shift in Paul's strategy. Now, up to this point, Paul has only remained in a place some month or two, staying to teach and establish a church before turning it over to local leaders to grow the congregation. He did this because he truly believed Christ's return was imminent. So he wanted to spread the gospel before it was too late. He was also convinced that Jesus was the savior of both Gentiles and Jews. He felt the gospel needed to be proclaimed everywhere, the great commandment. Paul had even thought of a plan to travel to Rome and then to Spain, which would have been the westernmost point of the known world. So what made Paul decide to settle, at least in the short term, in Corinth? He had been through several other large cities and barely stopped. Why was Corinth different? Part of the answer is in Corinth's location. It was a hub that connected the eastern and western parts of the Roman Empire. The narrow isthmus between the Gulf of Corinth and the Saronic Gulf had been spanned by a stone roadway, drastically cutting the time it took to get to the Peloponnese. <clears throat> the sheltered waters of the Saronic and Corinthian Gulfs were much safer for ships than traveling the windy waters around Cape Malaya. The this stone roadway through Corinth also was important because there were no easy road systems across central or southern Greece. This turned Corinth into a convenient hub for traffic. Romans quickly realized the importance of Corinth. Even though they had destroyed the city in 146 BC, they rebuilt the city under Caesar when Rome was extending its hegemony to the east. It was considered so important it was made the capital of the Roman province of Achaia. This strategic location, combined with the ease of side travel, made Corinth very appealing to Paul. When Paul had to leave both Thessalonica and Berea quickly, Timothy stayed behind. 
Timothy eventually returned once Paul got to Corinth. The ease of travel, along with the reassuring news that he brought from Thessalonica, made Paul feel much easier in his decision to stay in Corinth. As a side note, Timothy's encouraging news moved Paul to write the letter we know as First Thessalonians. Poor Timothy was sent out again, but the ease of travel allowed Paul to continue his work with few major disruptions. This centralized hub allowed Paul to come into contact with many different types of people. Sailors, traveling merchants, and others moving through the city allowed Paul to spread the gospel more efficiently by staying in one place. In Romans chapter 15, verse 19, Paul claims to have spread the gospel from Jerusalem to Illyricum. That's now parts of Croatia and Bosnia and Herzegovina. In stating this, Paul is considering his preaching extended this far by virtue of being in Corinth. Think about it. He's telling people about the gospel and they're taking it to where they come from. Corinth also put Paul into contact with two types of pilgrims. One group consisted of sick people coming to the famous Asclepion, a healing shrine dedicated to the deified Greek physician Asclepius. People would come from everywhere, staying for weeks or months, hoping for a cure. Excavations that uncovered the Asclepion found, found special dorms where cures would be received through dreams, bathing facilities, and votive offerings. The second type of pilgrim came to attend the Isthmian Games, held every two years. They were held there in 51 AD, when Paul was in residence. The games were held 10 miles from Corinth at a shrine of Poseidon. The Isthmian Games were a cousin to the more famous Olympian Games. They were also considered Panhellenic, meaning they attracted athletes and spectators from Greek settlements throughout the Mediterranean. The area also drew crowds for other reasons, such as sporting events and other rituals. Corinth also gave Paul a chance to earn a living. Paul didn't want to be a burden on the churches he helped establish, so he worked to support himself during his residency. Upon arriving in Corinth, he sought out Priscilla and Aquila, two tent makers, and teamed with them for work. Between the medical pilgrims, the Isthmian game, and visitors for the various sporting events, the three probably stayed pretty busy. Corinth also had a reputation for being very worldly. Its reputation of lavishness, number of cult prostitutes, and various visitors gave Paul a huge audience of potential converts. This is borne out in his first letter to the Corinthians. In chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, he reminds them that they were once immoral, but had turned to Christ. In addition to the lavishness, <clears throat> Corinth had a strong connection to pagan religions. Shrines to the Roman god Apollo, the Egyptian gods Isis and Serapis, and a shrine to Octavia, the deified sister of Augustus, all marked a strong pagan tradition among the Corinthians. All this marked both opportunity and challenge for Paul. If he could establish a successful church even among all this unholiness, he could make the case that the strict law of the Torah was not required for salvation. Now, Paul left Corinth after about 18 months, but apparently planned to return after a brief trip to Antioch. He probably went to get approval from church leaders in Antioch and Jerusalem for his decision to extend his missionary activity as far as he did and share firsthand 
his success at planting the gospel on purely Gentile soil. This planned return never happened as Paul set sail for, from Corinth for Ephesus. After visiting for a brief time, he returned to Antioch and then went back to Ephesus. When he did return, he stayed for two and a half years. Why was Paul so drawn to Ephesus that he remained for so long? The answer lies in the similarities between Corinth and Ephesus. Both cities were major hubs for transportation and culture, but Ephesus was even more so. In other words, Ephesus was extra. It had a sheltered harbor, served as a collection point for agricultural goods, and was the capital of the Roman province of Asia. They also boasted one of the most popular shrines in antiquity to the Greek goddess Artemis, whom the Romans worshipped as Diana. The temple was four times the size of the Athenian Parthenon and considered one of the seven wonders of the world. This shrine and its followers would have been a welcomed challenge for Paul, as its adherents presented some of the most hostile pushback Paul experienced. Near the end of Paul's Ephesian residency, a local silversmith organized a near riot toward him. This area also had many local magicians. They had increased in number during the Roman age, and Augustus had worked unsuccessfully to suppress the use of magical books. Paul was so successful in turning the Ephesians from their magic books, many residents tossed their books into a bonfire. Paul was a stalwart warrior who welcomed the challenge of converting a very secularly entrenched city. It gave him tons of chances to do battle for Christ's gospel. He even wrote about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, that a door had opened for him and there were many adversaries. Ephesus also had a reputation for a tradition of scholarship and intellectual inquiry. This tradition went back to pre-classical times. The founders of philosophy and mathematics came from Ionia. Herodotus, the first historian, was born at Halicarnassus. Hippodamus, who perfected Greek city planning, also hailed from there. Hippocrates established his medical center on the nearby island of Kos. Paul was working in an area of genuine inquiry, and he reveled in it. This climate reflected Ephesus' location on the border between east and west. It provided an atmosphere of middle ground to preach towards both Rome and Jerusalem. It had also been posited that Paul was attracted to Ephesus because the Apostle John and Jesus' mother Mary lived there. It's based on a tradition that John moved to Ephesus. Additionally, a close reading of the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 26 and 27, shows Jesus placed his mother in John's care, so it would stand to reason Mary would have lived out her days in Ephesus. In conclusion, it is not hard to see the attraction of both Corinth and Ephesus to Paul. Both were major travel, trade, and communications hubs. Both had a strong pagan tradition, which would have been a challenge for Paul. Both communities had a strong intellectual community. When Paul left both places, he left a lasting legacy. His co-workers turned Ephesus into one of the most important centers of Christian learning. Corinth became a model for converting the Gentiles. Ephesus was the production center for some of the most influential works in Christianity. Paul's letter to the Philippians, Timothy, three letters to Corinth, and possibly his letters to the Galatians were all written in Ephesus. 
Romans was also written at this time, and Luke and Acts also came from Paul's co-workers in Ephesus. There is a strong belief that Colossians was also written about this time. The Gospel of John and Revelation were also produced in Ephesus. Thus, we cannot underestimate the importance of both Corinth and Ephesus in the development and growth of the early church. Well, I think that about ends our talk about Paul's residencies in Corinth and Ephesus. I hope you enjoyed this take on Dan Cole's article, Corinth and Ephesus, that appeared in the December 1988 issue of Bible Review. You can find the article again at www.baslibrary.org. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please feel free to email me at kimg.pastandpresentpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Rebirth Network with a purple heart between the words and Rebirth Encouraged also with a purple heart between the words. Join us next time when our devotional topic will be on the spirit of offense. Once again, this has been Kim Groves, hoping you stay blessed and unstressed and unbothered by the rest. Have a great weekend and talk to you soon.